So I am, um, my name is Mike Serrazio, and I am an assistant professor in the Department of Communication at Boston College. I'm, I'm a former journalist, actually, that's sort of relevant. Uh, I, I was, uh, I did a master's degree in journalism at Columbia University's Graduate School of Journalism, and I worked as a reporter for a few years before going back to school to um, do my PhD and become a professor. Um, my area of research is, uh, generally speaking, cultural production and technological change. I'm interested in how our media culture gets made, and in particular, how that changes as uh, our media environment changes. And so, generally speaking, yeah, uh, advertising, pop culture, politics, and new media technologies. You know, there, there's something, so many things are pulling us, fragmenting us, polarizing us in terms of culture nowadays. Um, you know, I, I tend to see the, the sort of centralizing uh, um, power of stories is a really important thing. And therefore, if people are sort of consuming stories at their own pace, um, I understand the benefits of that. But what's lost is, is that... Um, you know, almost ineffable cultural experience of everybody kind of being on the same page. And, and maybe we were never all on the same page. Maybe that's just um, myopic nostalgia. But, um, but I think that there is something that's lost in terms of that. What we've seen in terms of fragmentation in the last 15 so years has been obviously just an increase in the number of websites and um, uh, TV channels and uh, content platforms for people to um, both get their stories out and listen to other people's stories. There's less of a collective zeitgeist um, that we feel about stories. Um, the other factor is um, time shifting in terms of how we experience stories. Uh, they don't have to be watched live in the same way. Uh, you know, when, when J.R. Ewing was shot on Dallas at the season finale of you know, the early 80s or whenever when that episode happened, there was, you know, I mean, there, there must have been a sense of collective gasp across the country for this thing that was happening in real, real time, the story that was being told that everybody was kind of tuned into in real time. Um, and it's just a fact of, you know, d digital technology that we don't have to watch at a point in times anymore together. Um, that still is true with sports. That's one of the things that makes sports interesting. But otherwise, we are free to watch and binge watch and time shift and DVR. And therefore, all of us are kind of watching these stories at asynchronous times. So you're, you know, you're three seasons into, you know, G G Game of Thrones and, you know, somebody else is finishing up Breaking Bad. And so these stories kind of weave in and out of our lives, but in an asynchronous way. And I think that's the other thing technology has done. Obviously, at its most basic, I suppose, um, storytelling is capturing a sequence of discrete events uh, through a beginning, middle, and end. But that's a, f a fairly... Uh, limited definition i think I, th I think it's difficult to describe i mean i have a, i guess i'm fumbling for words here uh i'm probably i have a fairly i think large expansive definition of storytelling i see i think that i see storytelling in both the familiar forms and the kind of like obvious forms so you know movies um newspaper articles um, 
you know, TV shows uh, are obviously stories, but you know, I think that um, I, I think that you can look at, for example, the work that we do in academia um, and the scholarly articles uh, as 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 story-like um, in terms of uh, trying to uh, communicate something and and sort of bring folks together around a set of knowledge. Um, so maybe that's a better way of defining it. Um, yeah, that might be the best way of going about it. Is saying, you know, storytelling is about um, both communicating information and events uh, and actions, and also bringing together audiences around uh, that material. There is. Uh, well, I mean, you, you can kind of look at it across different media when you're talking about stories. So if you're talking about television, right, we're, we're supposedly, we've been supposedly living in the golden age of television, arguably since, I don't know, maybe The Sopranos debuted in the late 90s, um, with just these rich and expensive and smart and funny TV shows that are, you know, that are, that have become, you know, franchises and institutions and, you know, powerful storytelling vehicles. But we also are living in an age of storytelling that's like, that has just some of the cheapest, uh, crappiest TV storytelling content out there. I mean, you can just browse through the hundreds of channels that are available to us. Um, and, you know, I mean, if, if there's a show like Hoarders, you know, or, um, I don't know, I'm just thinking of other, like, super cheap, you know, TV shows on cable. I mean, is that the golden age of television? I don't know. Um, so, in some ways, you might have, like, a bifurcation happening where you have really expensive, incredibly good storytelling content nowadays versus um, really cheap, um, sort of, you know, less, less beloved or less critically acclaimed content. Um, I, I think a similar thing when you talk about stories, I mean, you talk about, you know, um, journalism. I mean, journalism is is many things, but one of the things that journalism is, is it's a place for circulating stories. Uh, and that industry has been decimated in, um, in the past decade, just in terms of revenues and job losses. And um, there are exciting, interesting new storytelling endeavors happening. Um, both in terms of sort of the genre form and also in terms of uh, startup, you know, places like Vox and Vice and things like that, where stories are circulating there. Uh, but you do have a lot of, you know, I mean, you do have old institutions that are caving in on themselves. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, you know, there's signs of great storytelling happening nowadays, and there's also institutions uh, that used to be really powerful and do great storytelling that are having a hard time coping with the new era stories I, I don't know I'm not I'm not someone who thinks that stories aren't adaptable to a wide variety of media formats and genres I mean you can you can tell a story in a 140 character tweet uh, you can also tell a story in a uh, you know a 13 hour you know documentary uh, you know series or whatever or or you know I mean thousand word Dostoevsky book or something so uh, you know stories can find you know can find their way into all types of different spaces um, our patience I think clearly our, our patience for um, for stories I don't know I was about to say if our patience for store for long-form stories is waning but that's not even necessarily true because again I look at the success and popularity of 
a lot of TV shows that just require an incredible amount of time and uh, and they're slow building and um, so you do have a lot of examples of actually when people are willing to be patient um, if they think the story is worth it um, you know the default setting is to say that like oh yeah we're just we're so fast moving and we just we can only handle things at Twitter length and we don't have patience for long stories and there's a lot of truth to that for sure um, but there is still I mean there's still a lot of cultural forms that are getting longer I mean like I said all these prestige TV shows are incredibly intricate and long um, so there is still a place for long form storytelling despite our attention deficit issues uh, but there is a lot of evidence for sure that uh, the speed of modern life encourages us or um, uh, conditions conditions us to uh, faster storytelling. Communication matters um, as a form of culture that connects people. And I think that that's really essential to why storytelling matters. Um, I, I mean, if you think back at the sort of earliest um, incarnation of storytelling, you know sort of the image of human beings around the campfire in their sort of earliest form um stories were the things that brought people together and obviously they do deliver information and they do communicate about events and people but what matters more is is not so much what's being communicated about but rather um what's being communicated with uh you know with the people that tell and hear the stories so I think stories matter because they're a fundamental form of human connection. They're a reason, they're a reason, they're a justification, they're a legitimation for human beings connecting with each other. Um, and, and that's, uh, you know, you, you, you can't uh, underestimate that value.